Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. I am your adequately caffeinated host, Margot, and I hope this weekend is finding you all well. And I hope you're taking in all of the magnificence of this harvest super moon in Aries as well. At the time that this episode drops, it is the full harvest super moon in Aries, which will have occurred Friday, September 29th at 5.58 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have a monthly spell actually for the harvest moon that will be performed tonight by myself and any of the Patreon members who wish to join me as we select via Patreon voting and perform a spell on the last Friday of the month, every month, as part of the spells tiers for the Patreon over at patreon.com slash A is for agrimony. And speaking of that, before I get started with any of today's topic, I want to shout out a warm welcome and a very heartfelt thank you to new Patreon members, Avera and Amy. Thank you so much for your support. It truly means the world to me, and I hope you will enjoy being a part of our little community. Love you. Okay, now back to the harvest moon. Let's talk about the harvest moon in general before we dive into this specific harvest supermoon in Aries, shall we? So the harvest moon is a traditional name for the full moon that occurs closest to the autumnal equinox, which just passed on the 23rd. And this is typically falls in late September, where we are now, or early October in the northern hemisphere. This specific full moon is given the name Harvest Moon because it has historically marked the time when farmers could work late into the night, using the moon's light to harvest their crops. The moon's brightness and prolonged visibility during this time were especially helpful for bringing in the harvest before the onset of colder weather. Witches, spiritual practitioners, and people from various traditions often align with energies of the Harvest Moon in several ways. These include celebration of the season. As the harvest moon is a significant marker of the transition from summer to autumn, it's a time for rituals, feasting, and giving thanks for the bountiful harvest and the abundance of nature. Gratitude and reflection, since this is an excellent opportunity for practitioners to reflect on the abundance of their lives and express gratitude for the harvest, both metaphorically and Literally, they may engage in meditation or rituals that focus on giving thanks and counting blessings. Harvest rituals. Some witches and spiritual practitioners perform specific rituals during the harvest moon to harness its energy for various purposes. And these may include rituals for abundance, prosperity, protection, and manifesting goals related to the harvest season. Moon magic. Full moons are often associated with heightened magical energy, and the harvest moon is no exception. Many witches use this time for spell work, divination, and other forms of moon magic. The energy of the harvest moon is believed to be particularly potent for manifesting intentions related to abundance, transformation, and harvest-related endeavors. Connecting with nature. Aligning with the harvest moon's energies can also involve spending time in nature and connecting with the natural world, and this may include going for moonlit walks, communing with the spirits of the land, and attuning to the changing rhythms of the season. Honoring Ancestors 
Some traditions use the harvest moon as an occasion to honor ancestors who were farmers or to connect with ancestral wisdom related to agriculture, land, and abundance. And this can be a time to pay homage to those who came before and pass down the knowledge of the harvest, especially with the massive ancestor celebration of Samhain just around the corner. And finally, personal growth and transformation. Harvest moon festivals and rituals tend to mirror the cycles of nature, as practitioners may set intentions for personal development, letting go of what no longer serves them, and then embracing new beginnings. How individuals align with the energies of the harvest moon can vary greatly depending on their spiritual or magical beliefs and practices. Some may engage in elaborate rituals and ceremonies, while others may simply spend a little quiet evening outdoors, appreciating the beauty and the significance of the moon's light during this time of year. The grand takeaway is that the harvest moon offers an opportunity for connection, reflection, and the celebration of abundance in its various forms. So this harvest moon, in particular, is ruled by fiery and powerful Aries. And it's a supermoon as well. And these combined energies make this an excellent time to take back our power and take charge of our lives. And here's why. Aries is the cardinal fire sign that is driven to succeed at just about any cost, gifted with extraordinary stamina and determination. So how can we harness this energy for our highest good? This is a moon where we can focus a little more on ourselves than on others especially if we tend to frequently put the needs of others first. This is an opportunity to work towards elevating our personal situations and open some roads in the areas of our own personal desires and goals. Though full moons do tend to sap the energy of some of us, so this could end up being a frustrating situation of having the fierce determination of the ram and the energy and inspiration of a potato. We may end up feeling a little temperamental, or emotionally intense, or even extra exhausted as a result, being pulled in two different directions, as it were. Remember, these effects tend to be amplified by a supermoon as well. So just remember to be kind to yourself. Even drawing out a simple plan that you're not quite ready to start executing is progress. You may feel like not rushing into action is a failure, but that's just that Aries energy taking over. Slow progress is still progress, and sometimes it's the best kind of progress. That Aries energy will be placated when the efforts are done to the best of your ability, rather than hard and fast anyway. In the meantime, be good to yourself, take the rest if you need it, and celebrate your awesomeness. And don't forget to practice gratitude. The harvest moon, after all, calls for it. Okay, now, let's get on with the main topic of this episode. So, a while back, all the way back at episode 25, in fact, I started a new series dubbed the Magical Maintenance Series. Now, the main objective of this series was to cover protection magic, but the entire realm of protection magic is vast and overlaps with the areas of cleansing and magical maintenance, which I covered in the first installment, as well as defensive magic, um, as in reversals or even uncrossings, which I will cover in a future installment. So I wanted to break it up into three parts just to illustrate this nature of vastness and overlapping with other aspects of magical practice. Also, 
As many of you will remember, I discussed recently that I teamed up with Tabitha Gemini from the astrology podcast Two Geminis and a Leo to teach a workshop on protection magic at Anahata's Purpose, which was earlier this month. So for the sake of not being too redundant with any listeners who attended, I wanted to wait until the event was passed before revisiting the series. So here we are at the Magical Maintenance Series, Protection Magic and Warding. So let's set up the last installment before we move on, though, shall we? When last we were here, we discussed energetic cleansing and magical maintenance as it pertains to protection magic, because it is, in fact, the first stepping stones of magical protection. In my workshop with Tabitha, I likened this to cleaning up and tidying around the house so as to not invite pests into your space, whereas protection magic is more like locking your door at night so as to not invite intruders. So to, to quote myself from episode 25, if that's not too douchey a thing to do, when it comes to maintaining an environment of peace and energetic balance in your space, keeping it clutter-free and regularly cleansed is the first line of defense. If you've ever entered into a space that was extremely cluttered, unkept, or downright filthy, and felt an oppressive energy closing in on you, that is exactly what built-up stagnation and clutter can bring about. Just as pests can find safe harbor in piles of clutter or dark, dusty corners, so can stagnant energy and unwanted or even harmful energies find a comfortable place to inhabit. So even if it's not nearly as much fun, the mundane upkeep of a space is just as important for our spiritual well-being as energetic cleansing and magical hygiene. Energetic cleansing refers to the process of purifying and balancing the energy of the aura of an individual, a space, or an object. It is based on the idea that everything in existence is composed of energy, including our thoughts, emotions, and the environments that we inhabit. Just as we clean our physical bodies and living spaces to maintain hygiene, energetic cleansing aims to cleanse and refresh the energetic field. This can be done with smoke cleansing, crystal work, sound clearing, candles, floor washes, incense, simmer pots, and visualization, just to name a few. Magical hygiene is closely related to energetic cleansing, but it focuses specifically on practices within the realm of magic or ritual work. Magical hygiene involves preparing oneself and a space for spiritual or magical endeavors. The aim is to create an environment that is energetically balanced and protected and conducive to the intended work. And magical hygiene practices can include cleansing rituals for the self tools or ritual space, ritual baths or tool consecrations would be included here, regular grounding and centering before engaging in magical practices or even before starting your day, shielding and protection by way of creating energetic shields and protective barriers around oneself and the ritual space to ward off negative or unwanted energies before or during a magical working as well as on a daily basis. The ultimate goal of both energetic cleansing and magical hygiene is to create a harmonious and energetically balanced environment that supports our well-being, our clarity, our safety, and our spiritual work. All right, (laughs) so that hopefully brings us up to speed. And if you want a refresher, listen to episode 25 and then come back to this one. For now, let's dive into protection magic and wards. So... Protection magic is an absolutely fundamental aspect of witchcraft and various folk traditions around the world. 
It should be one of the first types of magical workings that you learn and the one that you practice most often. And this is not because there is an evil spirit or a menacing witch looking to cause you harm around every corner, but because as witches, our ability to protect ourselves, to protect our energy, to create peace and balance around us, and to assert our free will should be second to none. Will you ever truly need strong protection? That really can't be known. And there's a good chance that if you keep your energetic cleansing and magical hygiene checked off your list, the answer is no. But why not learn just in case? Why run the risk? Why drive without a seatbelt? So protection magic involves the use of rituals, spells, charms, and other magical practices to ward off negative energies, harmful influences, and potential threats. The nature of protection magic and its necessity can be understood through a few of these key points. Energetic and spiritual defense. Protection magic is primarily concerned with safeguarding one's energy, aura, and spiritual well-being. Practitioners believe that there are both positive and negative energies in the world, and they use protective spells and rituals to shield themselves from harmful vibrations and influences. Warding off harm. Many practitioners turn to protection magic to protect themselves from physical, emotional, or psychic harm, and this can include protection from accidents, illnesses, psychic attacks, negative emotions, or even curses or hexes creating safe spaces. Protection magic is often used to create safe and sacred spaces, such as homes, altars, or personal sanctuaries. And these spaces are energetically cleansed and fortified to keep out unwanted influences and maintain a harmonious atmosphere. Psychological comfort. Even if one doesn't subscribe to the belief in literal magical forces, what are you doing here? Protection magic can serve as a psychological comfort. The act of performing protective rituals or wearing protective amulets can instill a sense of security and empowerment, which can have a positive impact on one's well-being. Respect for tradition. For many practitioners of witchcraft and folk traditions, protection magic is a time-honored practice passed down through generations. It's an integral part of their cultural and spiritual heritage, and it helps maintain a connection with their ancestors and the wisdom of the past. Balancing energies. Protection magic is often seen as a way to balance and harmonize the energies within and around an individual. By warding off negativity and harmful influences, practitioners aim to maintain a state of balance and spiritual well-being. Free will and empowerment. Protection magic is also about asserting one's free will and autonomy. It allows individuals to actively participate in their own protection and take control of their spiritual and physical destinies. So all that I've said so far covers why we practice protection magic and its importance. But protection from what? Witches and practitioners of protection magic aim to safeguard themselves from a variety of potential threats, negative influences, and harmful energies. And what they seek protection from can vary depending on their beliefs, experiences, and the specific circumstances. Some common things that you can use protection magic against include negative energy, of course. Witches generate, work with, manipulate, and sometimes even banish energy. 
we seek protection from harmful energy that can affect our well-being. And this negative energy may come from external sources, such as people with ill intentions, or it may be generated from within, such as through stress or negative emotions resulting in crossed conditions. Psychic attacks. This is where individuals may intentionally or unintentionally send harmful energy, thoughts, or intentions toward us. Protection magic can create shields against such attacks. And if you're wondering how someone can do that unintentionally, jealousy is the biggest, biggest sender of unintended harmful energy, which is something that we all have trouble checking ourselves with. And another reason why protection magic uh, should be practiced frequently. Hexes and curses. Witches use protection magic to ward off hexes, curses, or malevolent spells that may be directed at them by others. This is often seen as a defensive measure to prevent harm, injury, illness, or misfortune set upon the self, loved ones, or home, or any aspect of life and well-being. Unwanted spirits or entities. Protection magic can be used to guard against unwanted or malevolent spirits from entering into your space, your home, or meddling with your endeavors. We may at times unknowingly or unintentionally wander into a place where we are not welcome, or work magic that upsets a restless spirit, or attract the attention of a vampiric entity. The reasons that this may happen are far more great than the likelihood of it actually happening to you. But that is no reason to shy away from learning how to protect from this type of scenario while maintaining a positive and harmonious connection with helpful spirits and allies. Psychological stress and fear. Protection magic can also be used to alleviate psychological stress, anxiety, and fear. It provides a sense of security and empowerment, helping practitioners feel more in control of their lives. Physical harm. Some forms of protection magic are aimed at preventing accidents, injuries, and physical harm, and this can include creating a protective barrier around one's home, car, or their person. Intrusive energies. Witches use protection magic to block or filter out intrusive energies or influences that disrupt their spiritual or magic practices. This ensures that they can work in a focused and undisturbed manner. Environmental factors. Protection magic can extend to creating a safe and harmonious environment. This includes protecting one's living space from negative energies, disturbances, or hostile forces. For this reason, the casting of a circle before spell work or ritual is seen as a form of protective magic, uh, or saying a prayer or an incantation before going to sleep. You can see here how, how much overlap there is with protection magic and other types of practices. And finally, spiritual imbalance. Witches often seek to maintain spiritual balance and harmony within themselves. Protection magic can help in warding off disruptive influences that may throw them off balance or hinder their spiritual growth. Typically, this is done with regular grounding, centering, and or shielding, but protective spells, amulets, and talismans can come into play here as well. It's important to emphasize that the specific nature of what witches seek protection from can vary greatly among individuals and different traditions of witchcraft. 
Some of us may focus on practical, tangible threats, while others may work more with the unseen, spiritual, or even symbolic and psychological aspects of protection. It's my opinion that we should consider all of these areas, however. But beliefs and practices associated with protection magic are diverse and can range from highly ritualistic to deeply personal and intuitive. Ultimately, the aim is to create a sense of safety, security, and empowerment in the practice of witchcraft and daily life. Highly ritualistic could be performing the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, or LBRP, every single day. It's not a practice that I engage in, but I researched and tested it early on, and while I agree that it is a powerful practice, it's not for me. I highly recommend that everyone approaches protection magic in the same way, learning as much as you can and trying things out, whatever piques your interest, until you find what feels right. These days, the only daily ritual I try to keep up with is offerings to spirit allies, deities, ancestors, and spirits of the land, candles, incense, and prayer, which helps me feel grounded, stable, protected, and firmly positioned in my power. But I still perform protection magic and warding and whatever else I deem necessary. And warding. Speaking of warding... Warding in protection magic is a practice that involves creating protective barriers or shields, often using symbolic or energetic means to prevent negative energies, entities, or influences from entering a specific area, space, or even a practitioner's personal energy field. I'm waving my arms around and no one can see me. <laughs> um, wards serve as a form of a pro proactive defense, and they can be highly useful in protection for creating a safe and sacred space. This can be the home, a room, an altar, or any other area where magical or spiritual work is conducted. Uh, protection from negative influences, acting as protective barriers against harmful influences, including psychic attacks, malevolent spirits, curses, hexes, and intrusive energies, uh, and providing a layer of defense, like a shield. Maintaining concentration. In magical or ritual work, concentration and focus are essential. And wards help maintain a concentrated and undisturbed environment by keeping out distractions and disruptive energies. Preventing spiritual intrusion. Warding can ensure only desired energies and entities are allowed into a protected space. Personal energetic protection. Practitioners may use techniques to ward themselves, uh, creating an, an energetic shield around their aura to block out negative energies or psychic attacks directed toward them. And empowerment. Beyond their practical use, wards often have symbolic and psychological significance. The act of creating wards and maintaining them can instill a sense of empowerment and control, enhancing one's confidence and spiritual well-being. Warding techniques, of which there are many, can be customized to fit an individual's specific needs and beliefs. Different symbols, words, or energetic methods can be employed to align with the practitioner's intentions and worldview. Some methods can include the use of symbols and sigils used on doors, windows, or walls, or placed in various places, salt or protective herbs, Spreading witch's saw or specific protective herbs around the perimeter of a space is a common way to create a protective boundary. Interestingly, interestingly enough, something I've been working on is employing plant allies 
for these purposes by creating wearable amulets that contain certain herbs that I have worked with. Um, I decided to refer to them as plant spirit bottle necklaces, and it's something that I'll be offering in the coven shop when it launches this Samhain, along with my own personalized witch's salt and outdoor garden eggshell powder recipes. Uh, just a shameless plug there for you. <laughs> Moving along. Visualizations. Visualization techniques can be used to imagine and create energetic shields or barriers, and this is shielding, and it's a very important early foray into protection magic. Um, amulets and talismans, mantras and chants. Uh, repeating protective mantras and chants can help reinforce a ward's effectiveness or even recharge them if you prefer. Candle magic. Candles may also be used to represent the presence of protective forces or to activate and strengthen wards. And charged objects, which can be any object. And often wards can go completely unnoticed in the mundane world for this reason. And one thing to remember with warding is that it's a proactive practice that typically requires regular maintenance and attention to keep protective barriers strong and effective over time. After all, it's called a practice, right? <laughs> all right, so let's go over some tools and tactics for protection magic. This episode does not intend to serve as your all-encompassing guide to protection magic. That would take about 70 hours. But as a way of providing you with some pointers and ideas of what areas you might want to dive deeper into. And I'll be providing some book recommendations at the end of this episode, um, all books that I have either read myself or are highly regarded in the witchcraft community. So here's a list of tools and tactics, uh, tips and tricks, if you will, for protection magic for yourself and your space. In terms of practical application, protection magic can take many forms, including charms and amulets, candle spells, salt and herbs, visualization and meditation, incantations, and chants. Here's a list of tips and tactics to try or examine in the realm of protection magic. 1. Cleanse your space with the help of the four elements to quickly expel unwanted or harmful energies and bring about balance. You can use salt or eggshell powder for earth, bells or music for air, water in a spray bottle or in a bowl for water, candles for fire, um, or you can burn incense, which represents air, fire, and earth coming together, and then use a spray for water, or incorporate a seashell to catch the ashes in your smoke cleansing to incorporate water as well. Two. Place protective stones or crystals in and around your space. These can be uh, obsidian, black tourmaline, onyx, smoky quartz, clear quartz, hematite, selenite or satin spar, amethyst, tiger's eye, carnelian. The list goes on, and you may find you enjoy doing a little research into which stones um, help with protection magic and which ones you feel a connection with. You can grid a room. Um, that gets a lot of traffic or activity, uh, or where you sleep with selenite by placing a specimen in each corner, or simply keep one close by. Three, place a mirror on your altar. Keep it regularly cleansed and program or charge it to deflect any unwanted harmful energy that comes your way. You can also do this with a protective stone or a blade. 
four. I think I'm going to lose count before I finish this list. Familiarize yourself with the protective and healing powers of specific plants and herbs, especially the ones that are popping up out of the ground right where you live. Agrimony, alder, rosemary, rose, clove, chamomile, mint, comfrey, rue, whorehound, nettle, cinnamon, basil, lavender, black and red pepper, garlic, angelica, blessed thistle, all have protective properties. And you can cook with some of these to work protection into your kitchen witchery, place them in sachets to carry with you, dry and hang them around your home, above doors or windows or near thresholds. You can plant them in the garden and nurture them there. Um, Burn them as incense to purify and protect your home or space. Infuse them in baths or make anointing oils with them. The possibilities are endless. And where incense is concerned, some other highly protective um, plant materials or resins include dragon's blood, frankincense, myrrh, copal. Like I said, the list, it just goes on. Uh, Five, I think. Mix some of these protective herbs with salt to create your own witch's salt for sprinkling around the house or leaving in small piles in the corners to make bath blends with or to place in sachets and carry around or hang around the home uh, in your car or keep in a backpack or a purse. Create witch's bottles or protection bottles to bury near your entryway or place in certain spots throughout your property as wards. I definitely have lost count. I don't know what number this is, so I'm just going to skip ahead. Uh, Burn a black candle to burn away negative energies that have been directed at you. The color black can absorb and dissolve negativity, and fire adds power and force. Uh, White candles can also help with bringing in blessings. Wear a protective charm like the evil eye or a protective amulet like a pentacle or witch's knot or something that is meaningful and symbolic to you. Calling back to color magic, you can enchant a black shawl for protection. Um, You know, you don't always have to rely on black. Almost every color in the spectrum has its own protective qualities for specific reasons. So you can have pieces of clothing that are special to you and then feel protective, and you can charge them to to be even more powerful in that sense. In the morning, you can stir your coffee counterclockwise while envisioning the banishment of all negative energies and influences before drinking it, turning it into a potion. Alternately, you can stir clockwise while inviting in any and all blessings. Coffee beans are thought to have the ability to neutralize harmful magic. Position or draw a pentagram or other protective symbol in or around a space. You can increase the efficacy of this act by drawing with salt water, Florida water, or a protective anointing oil. Make a salt bowl by filling a small bowl halfway with salt and adding various herbs for protection, health, peace, blessings, etc., and place it in the home. These can be fun to create and they look decorative rather than conspicuous. Or you can say to hell with being inconspicuous and hang strands of garlic cloves and red peppers on doors and windows. Both have the ability to repel evil and illness. Practice visualization and shielding whenever you have a few spare minutes. This might be the most valuable tool in your arsenal as it gives you the ability to repel harmful energy and protect yourself at a moment's notice without any help from tools, plants, crystals, or anything. And actually, let's do it. 
Uh, here's a quick walkthrough on how you can practice if you just need help getting started. So try focusing on your breath, taking a deep breath of fresh, clean, pure air in, followed by a deep exhale that releases fear, anxiety, and unwanted feelings. And repeat this, taking in clean, fresh, purified breath and exhaling all that is unwanted until you feel a little more stable. And then begin envisioning some sort of protective shield going up around you from your energy center. This energy center could be your solar plexus area, your heart space, your root, your mind, whatever works for you. But this protective shield is growing to surround you with a protective barrier. This barrier can take on the form of a bubble, blue or white flames, golden light, an encasement like an eggshell or a crystal, it could be mirrors or it could be barbed wire. Whatever comes naturally and makes you feel protected is what is going to work for you. Visualize this protective energy field repelling or consuming unwanted energies, influences, or entities. It creates a barrier around you that is impenetrable to all energies that are not welcome in your auric field. You can expand it to protect others around you or your entire home, or you can retract it if you feel it's not needed anymore. It is yours to do with as you please. You just need to practice with it. Okay, moving on, you can do a ritual to reclaim your magic and energy. We often find ourselves depleted after going through challenging situations, dealing with difficult individuals, or simply exerting too much of our own personal energy in day-to-day -day situations. Over time, we start to leave bits of our energy or our magic behind. Um, we're much less savory. Sometimes individuals take from us. So you can do a ritual or a spell to call back what is yours, either lost, given away, or taken. It's a way of reclaiming your power and reinforcing your ability to protect yourself. I shared in the spell archive of my website, aisforagrimony.com, uh, one that I actually found in Aiden Watcher's Six Ways, Approaches and Entries in Practical Magic. And I highly recommend this book to anyone who is a magical practitioner. Uh, but that is there if you want to check it out and try it. And if you like it, I, I promise you get the book because if you like the spell, you're going to love the book. Um, and I've also come across a really amazing incantation for this purpose shared by Old Ways on Instagram, which is at O-L-D-E-W-A-Y-S, at Old Ways, uh, an amazing account sharing valuable information as well as offering various services. Give them a follow and you can find it there for yourself. It goes, I reclaim my magic from all directions of time, realms, levels, worlds, spheres, and alternate universes. I command my energy back now. Okay, that is pretty much the end of all my tips. Um, but you can find many more for yourself because I have uh, some book recommendations for protection magic if you should want to do some more research into these areas. And I think these are incredible options available anywhere books are sold. And they are The Witch's Shield, Protection Magic and Psychic Self-Defense by Christopher Penzak, 
By rust of nail and prick of thorn, the theory and practice of effective home warding by Althea Sebastiani. Protection and Reversal Magic, a Witch's Defense Manual by Jason Miller. Blackthorn's Protection Magic, a Witch's Guide to Mental and Physical Self-Defense by Amy Blackthorn. Protection Spells, Clear Negative Energy, Banish Unhealthy Influences, and Embrace Your Power by Aaron Murphy Hiscock. The Evil Eye, The History, Mystery, and Magic of the Quiet Curse by Antonio Pagliarulo and Judica Isles. And one that's not specifically about protection magic, but covers it along with a lot of other really impactful subjects is Magic for Troubled Times, Rituals, Recipes, and Real Talk for Witches by Deborah Castellano. Okay, and that is all that I have for you today. Please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you're listening. If you'd like some more content, please go to aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, the living grimoire, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between each word over on threads under the same exact handle. Or you can like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash A is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at A is for agrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join the community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash A is for Agrimony, where I share early release, unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, occasional bonus content, and more to come. Again, thank you for listening, be well, and have an amazing weekend. Witches and practitioners often, um, witches, sorry, witches and practitioners of pro, protein magic. That's what I was about to say. Protein. Witches and practitioners of protection magic, 